in Jerry's all-boys school production of Peter Pan, what character did he play? Answer at the end of the episode. The citizens of Pawnee. I'm heard happily, and I just realized I'm not holding my microphone. And I will call my new Italian fast casual eatery the Locale Calzone Zone. You can trust me because I don't care enough about you to lie. Everything I do is the attitude of an award winner because I've won an award. I made my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. Hello and welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast where I discuss anything and everything from character breakdowns to episode rewatches, as well as some other trivia and tidbits about the show. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. This is episode number 99, being recorded Saturday, December 2nd, 2023. And today I'm going to be covering season three, episode 14, Road Trip. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. And just a reminder that this podcast will have full spoilers for the entire series. What's going on, everyone? I'm going to start this uh, episode off by saying happy birthday to my lovely wife, Joni. Again, and I feel like I mention this every time. <laughs> it's like almost every time I bring her up. It's like she does not listen to the podcast, so she won't hear this. But um, yeah, as I always say, uh, if uh, anyone's listening and they know Joni, tell her I said it so she knows. But uh, yeah, speaking of her, <laughs> we had um last or earlier in the week it was just like one of those days you know my daughters obviously they're both in school all day my wife you know she she works all day and then you know i work all day during the during the day we're all gone during the day so when we all get home we're usually all finally home together around like 4 35 o'clock so by that time and especially just like during the week monday through thursday when it's friday uh, cloud nine baby talked about it on here friday at 5 p.m that's like our family's motto that's like the greatest thing it's like how good is it well it's friday at 5 p.m good because you know we're all home and we got the weekend ahead of us anyway so um this was like tuesday at 5 p.m or wednesday i forgot what day it was but it was just like we we were all like kind of had it we were all you know from like busy days and whatnot at school and at work so there was just a lot of like, I don't want to say fighting, but like a lot of just like all of us kind of getting on each other's nerves. And it's like the girls got homework, but they haven't started it yet. Um, I, you know, I still haven't made their lunches, you know, like Joni's got, you know, whatever going on. So we're all just kind of like yelling and fighting and everyone's stomping around the house. And, you know, so I, I, <laughs> I was, uh, there was a couple of times I had to be like, Argh! You know, like it raised my, it's like, go do your, it was just like, I said, it was crazy. So then like at one point I, I like go into the bathroom and I look in the mirror and it's like, my hair looked so fucking dumb. <laughs> and I, it's like, I can't even say it's like, oh, my hair looked bad. It didn't look like, I mean, it did look bad, but like the word I have to use is like, or the words fucking dumb i mean i hate getting my hair cut so much i hate it i hate it i hate it so my hair like when it gets to the point where it's at now and i told Joni this too it's just like babe i'm at a point where i'm embarrassed with my hair and i just don't know what to do with it this is by no means the longest my hair has been but it's just one of those times where i'm just looking at it and it's like I just wish like I could like if I could just, or if like if Joni could cut hair or like one of my kids. Good thing they don't try to because they're very young and uh, that could be very dangerous for all of us. But I yeah. So anyway, back to the thing, like I'm looking in the mirror and it's like when I say my hair looks dumb, it's like because I had taken a shower, you know, after work that day or, you know, I had bathed and apparently I didn't do anything with my hair when I got out. Maybe I got distracted because usually it's not like I do my hair up and like, you know, get it ready and use mousse like Leslie uh, Nope would. But I, uh, you know, I'll at least kind of like get it so it looks fine because it's going to dry that way. And now I have naturally curly hair. Now, not a lot of people know that like by meeting me because I never let it get to that point like that it's like my hair has never gotten to the point where it's actually like been like a full circle curl 
But if you just look at my hair, like when it's growing out, you can see that it's like very wavy and it's like, okay, it's getting there. So it's, I, I, at times, like I'll, I'll, I sometimes like just to get it look to look straight. It's like, I have to use like hair glue basically, um, or like strong gel or whatnot. So I, I don't know, but it's like, as I get older, it's just like, and I don't want to sound like I don't care about like my appearance or anything, but it's like, just, I, I mean, like, I don't try as hard. It's like, you know, I, I have my wife, like, I don't, you know, so it's like, I don't really care as much. It's like all the other hot babes out there. And it's just like, yeah, whatever. Say what you will. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm booked. But, uh, um, wow. This is, where am I going with this story? Oh, but anyway. Yeah. So like back to the mirror. I'm looking at myself and it's like on the left side, there's like just a little patch of hair coming out the side, like behind my ear. <laughs> it's like a clump in the back. Like I, I don't, I guess I have a slight colic. I feel like everyone has a colic, but I can use, you know, I can kind of just push it down in the back, but like, man, I, and I just, I kind of laughed and I walked into the bedroom and I just kind of to everyone, I'm like, guys, I'm like, how you know, it was just like at this point, it turned into a joke, you know, like where I was just like, how can any of you take me seriously when my hair looks like this? And like, they all started laughing, you know, because it's like, you can tell that wasn't something where they were just like, oh my God, look, look, look at his hair. But just something they probably realized. It's like, man, his hair looks really stupid today. So, oh man, you know, like I... God, being like family life is just, it's, it's insane. Joni sent me a meme earlier this week and it was like some dude, it was like an Instagram reel actually. And it was just like some guy, he's just like, you know what? He's like, I feel like if you want to go through all of the ups and downs in life, the goods, the bads, the horribles, the, 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 you know, um, I, I forgot exactly how far it went, but he's like, if you want to do all of this before 9am every day just have children. <laughs> so it's so true. And, and again, I, I love my daughters more than anything in the world. And I still am one of those people. I mean, like when other people who don't have kids, like when, when they're affected by people who do, and it's not their fault. Like I, I, I basically what I'm saying is it's like, I will never side with like someone who has kids over someone who doesn't just because like, you know, I got kids cause I don't make excuses. Like people who use that excuse, like I have kids and you don't, that's just kind of shitty because it's like, well, you chose to have kids. I don't know how we're getting into this. So I'm just going to actually stop right now, but I love my daughters. And, um, yeah. So the moral of the story is like, if you're trying to be like a hard ass and you're trying to be cool, um, make sure you don't look stupid <laughs> when you're doing it. So anyway, and then I just quickly wanted to uh, talk about, uh, I'm not going to post it or anything, just uh, the Spotify wrapped. Uh, those of you who, I, I don't know. I mean, I know like half of you listen on Apple podcasts, half listen on Spotify, half whatever, but I just want to um, thank everyone who, cause I, the Spotify wrapped is like when you can, as the, the podcaster yourself, you can actually see the numbers um, and, and again, I'm not going to get into them. I just want to thank everyone so much, everyone who listens to the show. Uh, and I'll probably do this all again next week <laughs> for the hundredth episode, but just, just big thank yous to everyone. Um, when you see these numbers, it's like very flattering and, um, you know, just like, oh, this many people, like you're their top podcast, things like that. But, um, I, I'm not meaning to brag. I'm really not, but I just, I just want to thank you. Uh, thank everyone for that. And then uh, specifically, um, uh, you know, Teresa from Germany and uh, uh, Celia Hafner uh, for sharing their uh, their Spotify things with me, actually, uh, earlier throughout the week. That was really awesome of you guys. And uh, yeah, strokes my ego. So I appreciate it. But anyway, uh, yeah, let's get into some filler. Everything he's saying is nonsense and he's fooling them. So for filler this week, there was a couple things I did watch I, very quickly. I'm not even going to get into them, but these are the ones I, I had written down. But then the, the thing I'm going to talk about just trumps all these. Uh, one of them was uh, uh, the show Invincible. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's a superhero show. Uh, it's animated, though. Look into it if you're interested in superhero stuff. It's very violent, but it is awesome. And then uh, the other thing I just wanted to talk about, uh, or at least uh, bring up, was the movie Dumb... Was it Dumb Money? Dumb... Shit, I already forgot what it was called. I think it's Dumb Money. That was the one with uh, Seth Rogen, and I shouldn't even say him first. He wasn't the main star. But anyway, it's the one about the GameStop 
thing uh it came out like or it was uh, during covid when gamestop just like went nuts with their stocks and everything it was a like a really interesting story i don't know the movie i didn't think was as interesting so um i don't know but if you're interested in that if you remember that check it out i just didn't really think it gave much it still was like you watch and you're like but i still don't really get it like how did this all happen but anyway uh yeah you, you could check that out but what i wanted to talk about this week so this is a throwback this is a throwback to man 20 years at least yeah like probably because uh, i think uh, i'm watching malcolm in the middle on hulu and an episode i just watched him on season one there was like big balloons and everything and it was for the year 2000 so yeah we're uh the show either start 99 or 2000 but what a great show if you've never heard of first of all if you've never heard of malcolm in the middle you're very young and <laughs> good for you. But Malcolm in the Middle was one of the um, Fox shows that for its it was for its time it was I feel like it was way ahead of its time actually I should say there it's about a family a very I don't well yeah I guess I would say poor but I would based on their house like because it's it's one of those things where their house from the outside looks very very small but then from the inside it's like way bigger and it makes sense because it's like for production purposes it's like you need more room so you you know so anyway but it's about uh i would say a low middle middle but like very bottom of middle class to like more low class poor but still a working class family where the children are fed they are loved they are taken care of but it is like a chaotic family where you have Brian Cranston as uh, the dad, Hal. He, uh, Brian Cranston, of course, being Walter White from Breaking Bad. So just those two, uh, like those the two characters here, because in Malcolm in the Middle, he is so peppy and just like quirky and hilarious. You can see, because obviously I watched Malcolm in the Middle long before uh, Breaking Bad. Um, you can see a lot of the the manner like i've watched breaking bad more recently so now going back and watching malcolm in the middle it's like it's so funny you can see even some of those quirks maybe it's just brian cranston as the actor but like that he brought over from like his character of hal to um uh walter white from breaking bad but anyway um it's just it's an amazing cast like uh lois uh jane uh i'm i god i, I don't jane kamarazak i think it is yeah I, I anyway she is the mom she plays lois and she is awesome because they like the mom in and i'm not taking anything away from dads and i feel like i can say this as a dad but like the mom is just such the one that has to coordinate everything like dad helps out dad will be yeah i'll take the kids to practice yeah i'll take the kids here but it's usually after mom is like you got to take them to practice. You know, she, like I get home and it's like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Natty's got to go to practice. All right. I'll take her. I, usually I know about this, but it's like, we got to go off of Joni's planning. It's just like, okay, what are you doing that? Or are you going you know, all right, all right, cool. What do you need me to do? So it's just, it's awesome. And you know, like growing up, my dad worked nights a lot. So my mom was usually, she was the one driving everything. So it's like, I appreciate Lois, the mom so much just just having seen it firsthand and then even um like up until about three years ago i worked nights for like the 10 god 12 many years leading up to that so knowing what Joni had to do as um just being home every night by herself having to make the lunches for the kids and then just putting them to bed and everything because it, it's chaotic like I, I was talking about earlier i mean like it's it's uh, I, I could never go back to working nights just knowing now how hard it is even with the two of us with kids anyway I'm making this episode all about children today for some reason but back to Malcolm in the middle I, I guess I I, I don't want to spend like the whole episode talking about this but the the kids are there's four uh sons all you know i was gonna say all boys obviously four sons uh but you have uh francis the oldest he is at uh, military school uh then you have reese then malcolm and then uh dewey the youngest so malcolm in the middle is more he's a middle child he's not the middle so him and reese are the two middle child children i am also a middle child i'm not the middle child i'm uh because i'm one of four and i'm second in line but anyway uh and what i so so this show it shows you, I mean, it's an oversaturated 
version uh, of like, yeah, like how this family, a lot of the jokes in the show are just how gross some of the visuals and stuff you see. Like in the very first episode, the kids are sitting down having breakfast, like at the, you know, at the, the lunch table, the dinner table, whatever in the kitchen. And Lois, the mom is literally shaving hell from head to toe. He is covered in hair. He's like a bear and she's just shaving him. He's butt naked. He's holding the newspaper, but he's got like his socks on. And that is the first, that's how the show opens up. Actually, there might be a cold open. I, I, I don't remember, but that's like the first scene is, is her shaving. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? Because it's just, that's how their life is. This is not weird for anyone. I think, like, well, I'm not I think. Uh, so Malcolm's character, what is specific about him, at least where I'm at now, I'm on season one, and I've watched a ton of these episodes just when they were on TV, but I never, it was never appointment TV for me. Like, I loved the show, but it wasn't one that I made sure I had to watch every week. So I've I've never saw, like, all the way till the end. But Malcolm specifically, Malcolm, like, so this is what I'm saying. Like, as far as I know, he is the only one in the show who ever talks directly to the camera. So in all these new shows you have, I'm not saying Malcolm in the Middle started this because I don't know if they were the first to do it. I don't think they were, but maybe. Uh, Like all these shows, like even Parks and Rec, The Office, you know, with the talking heads, that wasn't very common, like at all. Like back in the day, I mean, like, geez, me growing up, like, all the shows I watched, well, no, see, and I was going to say Say by the Bell, but like Zach Morris actually did that. He would do the timeout and then he would talk to the screen. But like most sitcoms, Full House, like pretty much anything on TGIF, it was not, it was just the, the, the regular thing. It was just like, we're going to follow these characters. But no one ever like, unless it was like an inside joke or wherever where they would like do like a wink to the camera kind of. But people didn't talk to the camera. So in Malcolm in the Middle, Malcolm is the only one who does that. So he'll break away every once in a while, like maybe for exposition, but usually it's just for him to say something funny. But in that first episode, he kind of lets you know that it's just like, yep, this is my family. This is how we are. The thing with the show, too, with its time coming out in like the early 2000s, it's a pretty violent show, actually. I mean, like they're they're they don't show you it, but I mean, there's a lot of bullying, like whether it's just between like the older brother to the younger brother. and, And a lot of it is just like, Okay, okay, yeah, that's how brothers and stuff are. This still doesn't mean it's like you want to see it. Like, I have an older brother, and we got along 90% of the time when we were growing up. Of course, we would have arguments. We would wrestle. We would fight. But it's like, sometimes on this show, I mean, it's like, you're like, damn. Like, for instance, just one thing, like, Malcolm wakes up in the morning because his brother's on top of him. He shakes him. He's like, wake up, Malcolm, and just punches him right in the face, like, because he's pissed off at him about something. Like, it's just yeah so there's there's there are some things watching it now where you're like man like they but but at the time it's just crazy like it wasn't uh, a big thing but yeah since bullying is like such a big thing now and uh but the show is hysterical uh if you have hulu it's free on hulu at least um you got to watch it on there otherwise malcolm in the middle is definitely uh, having not watched it in so long i would have to say like in my life it's like maybe top 10 for what I think like comedies for what it did for again just being so ahead of its time and just being about like not that it was the first of its kind but like a a pretty good depiction I feel at least of like a struggling middle to lower class family but like how they band together even though they all like you know they, they it's just for the boys like first nature is always to destroy or to get in trouble they just like like that family guy episode where peter's in the elevator and it just says like dude or maybe not even the elevator but it's like do not touch this button and he's just standing next to it and he can't not do it and he presses the button and then like someone comes out and just kicks him in the face or whatever but these kids they um they can't not get into trouble like uh, the one I was just watching earlier, they're at uh, a NASCAR track and Reese and Malcolm are walking around and they just see a door. It's like, do not enter. Entry is forbidden. And to them, that's just like, hell yeah. Like if if it's forbidden, that means there's just even something even better behind the door. So it's like they just they can't, you know, it's 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 a great show. Uh, and then one last thing about the show. This is kind of a spoiler. Uh, it's not going to ruin the show for you, but this is kind of an inside joke 
with the show. So imagine, all right, think of, and this might even be a shocker to some people, the show The Simpsons, the one that's been on for like 30 31 years 30 years whatever i mean like it's it's the show came on when i was like nine years old and it's still fucking going it's insane but um what was i gonna say okay the the joke about how you don't know what springfield they're actually from like for me there's a springfield in illinois where i live so when the show first came out i was like oh cool they're from springfield then as i got older and like you know more people started pointing out things it's like Oh, I love that joke too, that you don't know what Springfield they're from. And it's like, wait, what? It's like, oh, there's a Springfield, Missouri. And there's that there's probably a lot more. I know there is actually, but I'm not going to lie and uh, say I know all of them. I do know there's a Springfield, Missouri, though. So just that kind of running joke. Uh, it's awesome in Malcolm in the Middle because their running joke is that you don't know this family's last name. Now, and that's kind of a running joke also in the show Letterkenny, Wayne and uh, Katie. You don't know what their last name is. So it, it, that's kind of funny because you do hear other last names in the show. And that's how it is in Malcolm in the Middle. Like the guy Craig, like, again, like, I feel I hate it when I have to be like, I don't know. But I, that's these are things that are just coming off the top of my head. We don't know or we do hear what his last name is. And we've heard last names. But here is a spoiler. It's like, so you'll watch all seven seasons not knowing what their last name is. And you might not even think about it because like in the uh, the final season or whatever it is, there's a, there's a part where Malcolm is graduating high school and it's like Malcolm. And sure enough, there's like a, like the Mike squeals as they say his last name. However, you can see, and, and you know what? Let me go to the first one. Now, I guess I'll just do this. You can actually see like the, the writers made it a joke that their family, their last name was, no last name, all one word. So N-O-L-A-S-T-N-A-M-E, no last name, one word. So in that episode, when Malcolm's, the last name screeches, you can see the guy lipping it and he says no last name. So it's given away there, like in the final season. And then also Francis, they, they show Francis, the older brother, he's uh, the one from military school. He's wearing a badge actually, and it does say no last name as his cadet name. So there you go. However, and this is why I jumped out of order here. In the very first episode, the very first episode, the pilot, Francis, again, so this must have been like a, a full circle joke for them because it ended with his name tag. It didn't end, but I mean, like that was the last time you saw their last name on the name tag. In the very first episode, it says Wilkerson on his cadet name tag. So that was their name. But then after that one episode, the writers decided we're never going to say or acknowledge their last name again until the end there when they said it was no last name. But either way, so they they retconned that. It went from Wilkerson in the very first episode only to no last name and like the end there. So kind of cool. But anyway, check out Malcolm in the Middle. It is a fantastic show. It's on Hulu for free. So let's hear a quick promo and then we will get into our episode. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, jock and Nerd! Season three, episode 14, Road Trip, directed by Troy Miller, written by Harris Whittles. All right, so you're uh, for the cold open. We start off in the courtyard where uh, Ben and Leslie are like one step away from jumping each other's bones. Uh, they're flirting big time, but Leslie's like still trying to abide by Chris's rules. So the funny thing, though, is that Leslie and Anne are just sitting down, like having coffee or whatever. And Ben walks by and it's like, hey, Leslie, you know, and she's like, hey, Ben, like, Big time. I mean, like these two are just like flirting so hard. They're going back and forth, just having this like nerdy conversation. Ben's like, yeah, thanks for uh, sending those whatever spreadsheets or whatever. And they kind of, you know, whatever, whatever. And he's like, all right, so I'm going to head over to Chris's meeting. You know, I'll, uh, I'll see you in there. So he walks away and Anne's just like, hi, Ben. And he's like 10 feet away and he stops awkwardly and turns around. And he's just like, oh, hi, Anne. It's really weird because like, 
you don't know if Ben was just like offended by her saying that almost like, what are you implying? Or if Ben literally did it, he was like so engaged with Leslie that he didn't know Anne was even there because he didn't say hello to her or anything. He only talked to Leslie. So it's great. Uh, so when he walks away, you know, Anne even points it out. She's like, I can't believe like the amount of sexual tension that was in, in this room. Like it's insane. So, uh, you know, that's when Leslie's just like, well, no, 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 either way, like we can't do it. We can't do it. So Anne's just like, really, the only way this is going to work is uh, that the two of you cannot be left alone one on one. So then, you know, Leslie's like, yeah, I agree. Then we get a smash cut right to Leslie and Ben in Chris's office. And Chris is just like, I am sending you two on a road trip. <laughs> so, of course, you know, and it's funny, like we're getting them going to Indianapolis a lot, just in the, the cast in general for in, in the last couple seasons. But yeah, they uh, uh, Chris is going to send Leslie and Ben to Indianapolis to state Pawnee's case to try to get like a little league tournament back that I guess they used to host. So Leslie and Ben are both apprehensive, but they don't really have a choice at this point. Like they can't tell Chris like, no, you, you can't send us. We're in love, but we can't be together. So they're both, just, you know, okay, sure. So they got to go. All right. Into the episode. Uh, we're at Anne's house where uh, she is helping Leslie find a non-sexy outfit to wear, which I think is kind of funny, actually, that she needs Anne's help trying to find a non-sexy outfit. Like, no offense, Leslie, but pantsuits are non-sexy outfits, okay? So literally wear what you wear to work on an everyday. However, Ben is very attracted to her, so maybe he likes the, the pantsuits. And also, we'll find out. That, well, we know Ben loves uh, roller skates. He loves chicks and skates, but... Maybe the pantsuit does it for him. But either way, it's just funny that Leslie, like where, like, I don't know. It's, it's funny. So anyway, um, they then, uh, they talk about like what kind of boring conversations that they can bring up. Like Leslie has a couple things listed. One of them being uh, the different dorm rooms at Johns Hopkins University, or uh, she even has in her bag, her Sonicare toothbrush manual that she thought she could just talk about with Ben. So. We cut over to the Parks Department where Tom, for the second episode in a row, calls a meeting. Okay, everyone stop what you're doing and come with me, all four of you. Where are you going? Leslie's not here today. No boss. We can do whatever we want. I'm your boss. <laughs> That's a good one, Ron. Let's go, seriously. Come on. So the, the best part about this is that like Ron just nods his head like, yeah, that's accurate. So, you, I mean, you can hear he doesn't even like kind of uh, try to rebuttal that. And then even Jerry Snickers, which is funny, like he kind of does like in the background where Ron's like, I'm your boss. He's just like, huh. like even he knows it's like, yeah, what, what are you going to stop us? It's awesome. So uh, they go into the conference room and Tom has developed a new game show called No Yaboo which is a direct ripoff of the dating game. Uh, he wants to test it out on April and Andy as one team and Donna and Jerry as the other. So Jerry's the one that points this out. He's like, oh, it sounds exactly like the dating game. And Tom's like, it's not the dating game, idiot. You know, whatever he yells at Jerry and then just a talking head. He's like, it is exactly like the dating game. So, all right. So uh, now we cut over to Ben and Leslie on their road trip as they finish their... <laughs> Just the consistency with the show, like it cuts into Leslie and Ben and they're finishing up their conversation about Johns Hopkins University. You know, Ben's like, oh, he's like, that's great. Did you go there? She's like, no. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool story. So uh, trying to keep this like non-sexual trip going, Leslie throws on something called Banjo Boogie Bonanza which is exactly what it sounds like. Just it's awesome. Something like Andy Bernard would play. Definitely. Uh, back to the parks office. Since no one is around, but Ron, he is very surprised when a little girl wanders in. Her name is Lauren Burkus, and she's on a class trip. She needs to interview a government employee, but Ron's not particularly interested. He tells her she can come back and, or, or actually he just says you can, he tries to get her to leave, but she's like, well, you know, like I, I don't know, she's for whatever reason wants to stay here. So he's like, all right, you know, you can wait here until someone comes back uh, and you can interview them. So back to the conference room, no yaboo is underway. Things immediately go south, though, as the first question is, which rock star would your lady bang if she could bang one rock star? So Jerry guesses Donna's immediately. He says, well, I, I think I've heard her talk about Prince. And I love that she turns her card around and it says Prince and that it's like purple rain underneath. And she may have even, I can't remember if she drew the logo, like the his, you know, the artist formerly known as Prince. Andy, however, gets a real gut punch when April's answer isn't Andy. 
Because, you know, the question is, which rock star? Andy, of course, being the lead singer of Mouse Rat, he's like the biggest rock star on the planet, right? Nope. Her answer is Jeff Mangum. Uh, he is from her favorite band, Neutral Milk Hotel, which uh, real quick, this uh, shout out to Phil. Phil, I don't even know if you listen to this show anymore, but uh, Phil was a huge fan of uh, this band, I guess. And he's the one that told me that they, well, he was a real big fan of April Lugate. I can't remember if he, Phil liked the band as well. But either way, he knew that they were real. And he told me this. So I was like, okay, good to know. Uh, where are we at? Okay. Uh, back over to Ron. He is now like feeling like it's funny. He comes out and this little girl is still just sitting at the this table. She's just waiting for someone. So he's like feeling a little uneasy with her just like hanging out. He kind of tells her this, like, what, you know, like, what do you do? With, like, do you really need to da 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 basically? And he asks her, what is what do you need? Like, what's your project about? And she says she has to do a report on why government matters. So he's just like, really? So, of course, Ron Swanson, the libertarian, the one who hates government, has someone here who doesn't know how evil the government is yet. So he is going to. Um, yeah, he's going to he's going to tell her all of his opinions. All right. So this isn't a, a, I wouldn't say it's a running joke, but I just have to point out here. There's a point like right when he starts off, Lauren says something to him and he's just like, don't sass me, Burkus. It reminds me of when he says, don't sass me on two different occasions that I can think of. Like there's one to uh, April where uh, I believe it's the Google Earth one when uh, she comes in and she says, either way, he says it to April. He's like, don't sass me. And then he also says it to Anne at one point when, you know, he shows her something and she points it out. He's like, don't sass me. And then I'm trying to remember, he might say it to Leslie at one point too, but Ron has told um, a couple people don't sass me. So I just love that. All right. So we're uh, back to the road trip. Now they're listening to whale sounds, literally cuts and It's just, what if I do that for like 45 minutes, but it's just so like Ben's just like, what the fuck is this? You know, he's listening and Leslie. And she's like, oh, it's it, it's whale sounds. So uh, Ben skips the track, though. He's just like, let's listen to something else. And what the hell? A sexy Al Green song comes on. And in a talking head, it just cuts over back to Anna like that. She's just like, yeah, I snuck in an Al Green song. And she actually she's like, I want them to get together. I, I, I think they're cute. Like they're a good couple. So awesome. Uh, things get weird, though, when Ben flirtingly. Uh, well, I don't know, gets an eyelash or like, I guess he, so he's driving and Leslie's like, you know, she's talking about whale sounds or whatever. And he's just like, oh, hold on. You know, he's like, you got an eyelash on your face. So he gets real close to her and he kind of, you like, he takes it off and, you know, he's just holds it up. He's like, oh, blow on it, make a wish. And then she's like, she's caught up in the moment for a second. And then she's like, wait, no, we can't do this. So she kind of like bats his hand away and, uh, you know, she, he so then he immediately kind of snaps out of it, too. Like, oh, shit, like, am I being inappropriate? So then it just gets kind of weird because Leslie's immediately just like, uh, maybe we just shouldn't talk to each other at all for the rest of the trip. He's like, oh, OK, cool. And then you just hear it's like, next up, learning to speak Mandarin. And that was actually something that was on Leslie's list in the beginning of the episode when she was talking about like John Hopkins University and stuff with Anne trying to think of dumb uh, things to talk about. But yeah, so as it's like getting weird in the car with those two, you could hear like Mandarin being spoken and they're like just random questions like, this is how you say, can my brother come too <laughs> or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's great. Uh, so now we're uh, we're at the state house in Indianapolis where Leslie and Ben are giving their presentation. The board, though, has some concerns and ask, what about what happened last time when Pawnee hosted the tournament? So we get a cutaway to Pert Hapley's report on the incident. So here it is. Good evening. We begin with our first story tonight. They're cute. They're cuddly. But now they're wreaking havoc at the state Little League championship. Pawnee's raccoon infestation. Have these little bandits stolen our sense of safety. The raccoon problem is under control. They have their part of the town and we have ours. So first of all, I have to mention Purd's hair, which is just amazing. So you have to watch this clip. Um, he looks like Kid from Kid and Play, like the old like 80s, like, I don't know, like hip hop rap. I, I, I know they sang, but like they were really popular as actors, too. So um, and then just like the like how old school the footage is like it, it you can see in the corner. It says like 1989. And it's like the kids are running off the field because the raccoons have just like they're on the bases and everything. There's like 10 raccoons. It's hysterical. But the kids are just like you can hear them screaming in the video. It's so good. 
Uh, but then Ben gives an impassioned speech about how special of a place Pawnee is. It's kind of like, it, it sounds like you could almost think like at first uh, that Ben's just putting on like a little ruse, but the way he actually talks about Pawnee and like, this is another thing that I think like drives Leslie like crazy, but like in a way like, Oh my God, I love this man so much. Like the way he talks about Pawnee, because you could tell he's actually telling the truth. It's like, these people are nuts. I mean, he doesn't say that, but he just talks about how like they're a hardworking town. And it's like, people are passionate in that town about things, you know, it's just like people. And I think it's also a thing. It's like, people will come to these baseball games, you know I mean? Like, we'll it'll be a great place to, um, to host it. So it's just, a, it's an awesome speech. So, uh, but then we cut back to no Yabu. Donna and Jerry are still killing it. Whereas April and Andy are still fighting. So this is like one where Andy is now acting like the jealous little kid, which is like usually April, but the two of them, they storm off and it's just like, kind of like, Oh, great. Like, they, they, so they're, they're just like, yeah, this game sucks anyway. And you know, they both storm off different ways, but Andy is still just jealous because April doesn't, eh, she hasn't said it yet, but or actually, no, I think she did. She did say to him, like, you're not really a rock star and this guy is. And that's what really like put Andy over and like made him pissed off. So uh, we cut back to Ron and his new friend, Lauren. He demonstrates to her how government works by using her lunch as an example. So he just pours it out and he's like, all right, I'm going to show you how taxes work. And he tells her that the government, you know, so he holds up her sandwich. He's like, here is your paycheck. The government, though, gets to take 40% of this, and he just starts eating her sandwich. He opens her bag of chips. He takes out 40% of that. He grabs her juice box. He takes, you know, a little less than half of it. And it's just, yeah, he's explaining it to her. It's like, well, that's not fair. And he's like, well, that's taxes for you. So then we cut over to, uh, we cut back to Leslie and Ben as they get a text from Chris Traeger congratulating them on getting the tournament back to Pawnee. So we actually didn't even see uh, the verdict or whatever, but uh, we know they got it because Chris texted them. So it's pretty awesome. Ben suggests that they go out to dinner to celebrate. Leslie says, sure, but she's apprehensive. Of course, again, you know, like they're both still being, uh, you could tell like Ben is definitely being the one that's more like, kind of like relaxed about this. Like, Hey, you know, like he's not doing anything inappropriate, but Leslie's just being like over the top. Like, no, we can't, we can't, we can't. Um, it, yeah, like to the point where she even, uh, asks like this random photographer, like he takes a picture of Leslie and Ben just for, you know, like, Hey, uh, keepsakes or whatever. And she's like, Hey, do you want to come out to dinner with us? You know? And he just ignores her. Cause it's like such a dumb question, but, um, yeah, so it's just, it's weird. It's like, I think it's like a little over the top, but it's whatever. So, uh, as Lauren's class gets ready to leave, they come walking by <laughs> Ron gives her the Claymore line that's been on his desk as a memento. It's just, it's hilarious. Cause like, he's like, oh, oh wait, hold on. I, I got something for you. And he's just like, here, it's a Claymore mine. He's like, use this to protect your home. And you know, so she just leaves, but it's like, what the fuck? All right. So we, uh, we're cut. We cut over to Tom's office. Now April comes up and like, just as she is, you know, it's just like, man, that stupid game you made me, made me and Andy get in a fight. It's like, what do you like? If I was Tom, I would have been like, the fuck do you want me to do about that? Like grow up. Maybe you guys talk about this. You're really blaming me for this game. Like you didn't have to play, even though if it's Tom, it's like, yeah, you do have to play. Cause he'll cry about it or whatever. But um, yeah, April tells us though, that Andy sold his guitar to sewage Joe and that he's quitting music. So it's actually weird that like they actually filmed the scene of Andy giving his, or selling his guitar to sewage Joe. Cause sewage Joe's not in this episode at all for anything else except this one clip where they show it so maybe uh kirk fox was just close by and they're like hey uh do you want to come on for a second or maybe there's deleted scenes with him i'm thinking that's what it is uh so tom uh okay so tom like he he's he's like all right whatever so he gets the game going again and it's just april and andy he just keeps asking like super easy questions like leading questions it's like who makes the greatest grilled cheese ever which we'll hear in season four, you'll get another thing about Andy and his grilled cheese, but it's like, you know, Andy's like, Oh, the, the best grilled cheese. I don't know. Or maybe it's Mac and cheese, but there is a grilled cheese thing in season four. But anyway, so everything is like, so April can be like, it's you, you're the best. Yeah. Like holding things up. Andy catches on to this. And then he's just like, no, this is just it. So he runs off again. So it's actually just kind of a dumb storyline with Andy and April. Uh, we're back with Leslie and Ben who are having a wonderful night out at a fancy restaurant. So these two finally tell each other how they feel. And though it's great to get that out there, Leslie is still just like, oh, uh, I, I have to, uh, I gotta, I gotta go. I, I have to go to the Wiz Palace. Uh, I, I'm definitely not going to call my best friend, Anne. And then so she's going to call Anne. And I just want to shout out Wiz Palace. 
this is a callback to season two. Uh, Dave Sanderson, you know, Louis C.K.'s character. Uh, if you remember him and him and Leslie kind of came up with the phrase whiz palace when talking about bathrooms. So I just like that they keep that going. Uh, but anyway, uh, Leslie, uh, when she's talking to Anne, she's like trying to get Anne to talk her out of it. But then even Anne reads a letter that Anne wrote or that Leslie wrote to herself in case this came up and Anne reads it, you know, and Leslie's just like, shut up, Anne, I'm not doing what you say. It's just, it's really funny because it's, it's Leslie's writing, but it's just Anne reading it and Leslie fighting with, uh, Anne about it. So, uh, she just decides, screw it. She's like, you know what? I'm going to go, uh, I've had a couple glasses of wine. I'm going to go make out with Ben Wyatt. And then she gets back to the table. We get a really cool uh, shot here. There's like a waiter standing there talking to Ben. And then the waiter walks away and you see Chris Traeger sitting at the table. So it was just, you couldn't see him because the waiter was talking to Ben. But then when he walks away, he's like, Leslie, nope. Like he's super excited. And it's just like, ah, like what? A... I'm not going to say the word. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, of course, uh, neither Le Leslie or, uh, Ben are excited to see Chris, but they have to act like they are. So Chris wants to celebrate, but like the other two are, they're just like, you know what, maybe we should just go back to Pawnee, you know, like, Hey, it's getting late. We got to go. However, Chris tells them, uh, they can stay at his place. He actually like kind of insists. So they don't really have like a choice. And it's like, it doesn't really make sense for you to drive like however many hours back to Pawnee. Like literally it's late. Just crash at my house. Uh, ben, you can sleep on the, the couch and Leslie can sleep in the spare room. So they're like, all right, whatever. So then uh, it just shows the two of them sitting on Chris's couch. They're just like flirting. Like, you know, they're both wearing Chris's like pajamas, uh, like just so close. I mean, it's just like these two already, they're getting ready to jump each other's bones. And then, of course, Chris comes walking out. Like, I guess he's already been asleep or it looks like it has he has been or maybe he just got changed. I don't know. But he comes out and he's like, ah, I peed like 12 times a night. So he just says his bladder is like the size of a thimble. And that kind of like puts a damper and everything. And it's like uh, all sexy time is gone. So Leslie's just like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed. So she just gets up and she takes off. And there's, there's just like a, a hilarious line because now. Ben is just sitting on the couch and Chris is like, well, now I'm wide awake. Now I'm wide awake. You want to boggle? Like, and it's so funny. Like he gives him like finger guns. Like you want to boggle? So anyone, if you don't know what boggle is, it's just, it's like a, it's not a board game. It's a game where you have like a, a little plastic, clear plastic clay, uh, case. And there's like, like, I think 16 or something. However, many, um, die uh, in their dice dices plural die um and they just have different number or letters on them so you just boggle you shake the thing and then however the letters land you have to make words with those i think that's how it's played i haven't played in a long time but just the fact that you want to boggle so good all right so the next day at work lauren's mother comes in to yell at ron for giving the little girl a landmine and eating most of her lunch also we see lauren's report at the top the question why does government matter and lauren's answer it doesn't. <laughs> it's so awesome. So Ron's like happy. He smiles a little bit, but then like he apologizes though. Cause the mom's just like, she's you like, what the hell is wrong with you? This is a little girl. And he's like, well, I'm Ron Swanson and I'm a libertarian. The mom's just like, that's great, Ron, but she's a fourth grade girl. She shouldn't be writing about this kind of stuff. So he's like, Ron's usually very firm on his stuff, but he's just kind of like caving, a, not caving, but he's like, yeah, I guess I didn't need to do that to this little girl. Like I did, he didn't do anything wrong, but yeah, it's just like, dude, give, tell, tell her what she wants to hear. And just like, so it'll be like a nice paper, but she, I love that. Yeah. Just her answer. It doesn't. So uh, a quick foreshadow with this scene though, this is a big spoiler for uh season seven. And again, we're not going to get to season seven for like a year and a half, two years at least, uh, based on, you know, if I keep doing one episode a week. But in season seven, uh, when Ron and Leslie get in their fight, so I think it's like season seven, episode four, uh, Ron and Leslie, when they finally end their fight, we will find out that this clan, uh, the Claymore landmine, because the mom gives it back to Ron. She's like, and you gave her a landmine? And real Ron's like, you know, I'm sorry, like it, it felt appropriate at the time because, you know, he was caught up in the moment. And we find out, though, that this landmine is fake, which is funny, too, because we never think about it. But like in the in, because Ron and Leslie are trapped inside the office. So Ron's like, I'm going to use this landmine to blow the door. And he he like goes to use it and it like explodes like with confetti in it. So that's a, I love that they just they this because we see this thing on his desk all the time, but you never really think about it. It's just like it's just a prop on Ron's desk. So. Yeah, in season seven, when you find out that it's completely bullshit, which, 
you, it makes so much sense. Leslie's just like, Ron, do you really think I would have bought you a live landmine? You know, because Leslie knows she walks past this thing probably every single day, knowing that he has this landmine on his desk, probably thinking in her head, Ron is not stupid enough to actually think that this thing is a real live landmine. So it's just, it's hilarious when we get to that point. All right. Uh, so now we are over at Anne's house where April of all people has shown up to ask Anne for advice. She's banging on the door. It's great. Anne opens the door and she sees April and she's like, you know, I live here. Right. And you know, April comes in and she just, she's like, dude, I don't know what to do with Andy. So she tells Anne what happened and Anne's just like, Oh, she's like, well, cause I love that. Anne. there's, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but Anne has dated Andy for a really long time. She's over him. They're completely done. There's no more feelings there, but she's still, that that was a big part of her life and she remembers a lot. So it's awesome that she just, she knows exactly what to say to April and April's not jealous or anything, but it's just, it's so funny as April's character at the end, she's like, wow, thanks, Anne. I didn't know you were a therapist. And Anne just does that look like, what the fuck? You know, like she does the kind of face crinkle and April's like, I'm sorry. It's just my nature to be mean to you. And Anne's like, I totally understand. So it's just, it's an awesome scene between those two. Uh, Cause they're like, they're not close, but they are close. You know, they're, they're like in you in season six and in, in Anne and Chris, the last episode, you just get an awesome scene with April and Anne where they finally it's just like, all right. Yeah. You know, but uh, I won't spoil that one for now. OK, uh, we get a quick cut over to Ben, Leslie and Chris now who are heading back to Pawnee. This is a great scene because uh, Banjo Boogie Bonanza is on. Or actually, no, Chris won't stop talking. So Ben hits the, just to shut him up. You hear that, like super. So you hear like Chris in the background is like, this is incredible. And he starts doing the sound. Like, it's so funny. And then uh, I remember on Parks and Recollection when Rob Lowe said that this was like one of his favorites. He might have even said it was his favorite scene of all to film. But uh, yeah, I just it makes it so much better knowing that he had so much fun filming it. So uh, now we're at the shoe shine stand where Andy, he's uh, working on just some random dude shoe, you know, and he starts hearing familiar music. It's like, what the hell? So he gets up and he's starting to follow the sound. It is coming from the courtyard. When he gets there, it's April performing uh, the hit mouse rat song, The Pit with mouse rat this is an awesome scene so like when most of april and andy stuff throughout the episode was like whatever it's like getting kind of old uh this was a great scene just to show like how i mean like in so much there's so many conveniences in this show usually it's with tom like how quickly he comes up with ideas for things but um yeah this was a cool scene uh that that i guess is more practical because april literally could have been like hey guys like can you please like i'm having a hard but it's like the same day so it would have been a lot of planning especially for them to get all their equipment there and in the building like without andy knowing but either way it's an awesome scene so um yeah she even got andy's back uh his guitar back from sewage joe she just went in his office and stole it so uh the two make up as we see andy rocking out with his band mouse rat in front of a growing audience so they're yeah they're in the courtyard you even see like donna and jerry through the glass uh inside they're like they're enjoying the music so it's awesome i love seeing mouse rat i just i, I love when they're in the episodes all right so then we see uh ben and leslie uh leslie this is like you know like we cut over and she's walking by and she sees ben and she's just like oh you know i had to drop this off for chris and he's like oh well she's not here you know so she's like all right well can i leave it but then it happens folks ben pulls leslie in and they finally kiss and the crowd goes wild And no joke, though, just like based on how things have gone recently, like for Leslie, just her bad luck, especially when she she kissed Tom. And of course, Chris happened to walk by since they they mentioned that it's like, oh, they're in Chris's office. And Ben's like, well, he's not here. I like I was like half expecting Chris to walk in to see those two kissing. However, this this will come to like it'll this little relationship they have will come to a halt and uh, uh for a little bit before they get back together but um yeah like chris uh the, someone else catches them kissing but chris is uh you know he's obviously has to be informed of that so but uh yeah this is just a great scene and it just ends with them coming up you know they they pull apart and leslie's just like uh-oh 
Like it's just perfect. And then it just, that's the end of the, the regular episode. We just have the tag left where uh, Ron is having a chat with his new friend, Lauren Burkis. Who knows why she, you know what? I wonder if she came with the mom and this was just an extension of that scene. Like maybe now, uh, but either way, it's just her and him in his office. So maybe the mom's like waiting outside. I would hope that's the case. Cause it's like, why is this little girl here? But um, yeah, he just tells her for now. It's just like, hey, you know what? You got to be a kid. Uh, just kind of forget about everything I said. But he tells her, he's like, you know, when you're 18, when you're old enough, uh, he kind of like he's like giving her an open invite. Like you can join my anti-government movement. And then uh, it's pretty cool. He just like the paper she had with the, it doesn't matter. He's like, can you sign this for me? So he's probably, I don't remember if they show this again. Actually, I'll kind of, I'll keep an eye out for it moving forward. If we ever see this signed letter from um, Lauren Burkis on his walls or anything. So yeah, good episode on IMDb. This episode is sitting at an 8.4. Um, so my thoughts real quick, uh, the Andy and April story, like I said, was kind of weak. It just seems played out at times with like the two of them, like getting jealous and be, it, I, it doesn't really do this too much moving forward that I can remember for the most part. They're just like, they're an awesome couple, but yeah. And they're still funny and I still love them. But at times it's just like, ah, do we need to see this again? And it's, you know, since they switched the roles, I guess it was a little bit different, but April's usually the one that's having like some stupid little, like, mm little brat fit but um yeah so anyway uh the raccoon story at the courthouse and like purd happily's hair just an amazing scene and i, I love that purd because he is uh you know he he's just a, a news reporter he doesn't really have to be involved in the episode they can always just find a way to get him like in there when it's just like hey anything that is news we could just show this because it's just it's such a great scene and then the raccoons again that running joke it is so good uh, ben and Leslie finally kissing. Um, amazing. Like I said, like they're, they're my favorite, uh, couple of all time. Like, you know, Jim and Pam, probably a close second, but, uh, Ben and Leslie and, uh, yeah, just the fact that, uh, they, they finally did it, but, uh, spoiler, you know, if anyone who hasn't seen this, like, like I mentioned it earlier, but they're not going to be together from here till the end, you know, they're going to be together kind of secretly for a little bit and then they're going to have to call it off, you know, because of just work and stuff. And then they finally get together, and it's awesome. So that is going to wrap up the episode. If you'd like to contact the show, citizensofpawnee at gmail.com is how you can do that. You can also like and follow on Instagram at Podcast and at Memes. Uh, remember, guys, if you want to send in an email, like voice clip, whatever, for episode 100, please get those in. That episode is coming next week. Um, just, yeah, I guess, uh, what do you love about Parks and Rec? want to know. Uh, next week, I'm going to be covering season three, episode 15, The Bubble. Thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name's Brian, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Jerry played Tinkerbell in his all-boys school production of Peter Pan.